This is an AMI podcast. I'm Joyita Gupta, and this is The Pulse. Music has been proven to improve mood, help with cognition, and facilitate communication. These days, it's remarkably easy to put together a playlist of your favorite music. While many people listen to music while at the gym or on headphones at work or home, the true benefits of music come in congregate or group settings. In the last two plus years, though, many music venues have been forced to close their doors. Many concerts have been postponed or canceled altogether, and events have taken place virtually for the most part. With all this happening, mental health has been a hot topic. So it stands to reason that music therapy has become more important than ever before. Today, we discuss music as therapy. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. Hello and welcome to The Pulse on AMI-audio. I'm Joyita Gupta. My guest today is Jennifer Buchanan, who is the Executive Director for the Canadian Association of Music Therapists and the author of several books. Hello and welcome to the program. It's great to have you with us today. Thank you so much for having me. So Jennifer, let me start out by saying that I think we can all recognize how important music is to all our lives. But for those of us who aren't informed, what exactly is music therapy? Uh, Thanks for saying that. Isn't that true? Music is something that many of us have had at, at different, you know, levels in our lives. Some have been highly engaged in making music, creating music, listening to music. And then some of us have, you know, it might have always been the radio in the background that our families would be playing. Well, when I was a teenager, I started hearing about this term music therapy, and it was actually Granny who introduced me to it. And when I saw a few programs of a music therapist working directly with people, I saw music therapists working in hospital settings and in school settings, uh, sitting with an individual or working in groups. It felt like a very meaningful counseling session incorporating music. It was very personalized for every person. Some people were learning how to reclaim their speech after a accident that had blindsided them and using music to do that. And then there were others that may have forgotten their spouse's name because of Alzheimer's disease, but were able to remember every song. And then the music therapist would ask them questions afterwards, and they would talk as if they had every memory in the world um, Mm -hmm. come back to them. And I, as soon as I saw the opportunities that music could hold at the front lines in hospital settings and long-term care and in community settings and schools, there was no other career 
that I was going to want to have. And, and that's what I've been doing for over 30 years now. Well, I think it sounds amazing. But for a lot of people, there's a degree of intuitiveness in, in terms of what you're saying, if you don't mind my saying so, where, you know, music jogs memories or it lifts your mood. So what's the difference between, let's say, someone curating their own playlist or having friends or family mm -hmm. members curating a playlist for them that'll jog their memories or make them feel better versus going to someone who's a professional music therapist to get the, the benefits associated with listening to music or even performing music for that matter? Well, exactly. And I think where we could, I love that question because, you know, it's very similar to we know when we're going to go to the gym to exercise or we're going to go to a yoga class to exercise, but we also know when we go to a physiotherapist. Mm -hmm. And it's very similar. There are times where um, we should be making playlists and doing a lot of self-care around music, and then there's times where we just go out at night and we just enjoy music and are fully entertained. But then there's the time to also see a music therapist. And the music therapist is going to be someone who works with you through some transitions, some difficult moments. Um, we work in end-of-life care and corrections. We're on rehab units. We're working with families that are struggling. And we're certainly working with some of our youth and adults that are going through um, wellness challenges where they're really feeling their mental health is being, you know, challenged. And we're there. We are, we are trained, we are certified, and we're ready to work with you through some pretty important moments in your life. I know you touched on this previously just a few minutes ago, but just to reiterate the point, it's not just mental health. Uh, is it fair to say that music therapy can be of value to patients in a number of settings, including physical disabilities? Are there skills that you may have picked up which you might have lost, or does it help with other forms of disability or impairment to consider music therapy a part of your rehabilitation strategy? Absolutely. You know that there is a certain place in all of us that, you know, there may be some function that you are wanting to strengthen. And music therapists are working in that area. Um, music has this incredible, um, as you were mentioning, yes, it's tapping into our mood and it's tapping into our memories. But it's also something that can tap into our motivations and productivity as we are strengthening certain areas that we want strengthened. And I think that's also a key point. It is up to the individual. What are your goals? Are they going to be functional goals or are they going to be mood center goals? We will delve in where you want us to work. And so is there also something to be said about working with a professional to ascertain the right kind of music to be listening to at a at a particular moment, I mean, think about, I think back to a lot of the music that my brother listened to as a teenager. Most of it was pretty angry sounding, and you know, I uh, I listen to a lot of music so I can brood in peace. So, are there are there uh, are there are there some types of music that are better suited to music therapy than others? Oh. You know, it's so interesting you're saying this because one of the biggest questions I get, is there bad music? Like, is there music we shouldn't be listening to that is bad or to, is sad music bad? 
Um, what we would talk about, and we're not doing therapy right now, but what we would talk about is when we are attracted to, I love your term, broody music, right? Like so many of us are. What we're looking for is that place of being understood. We naturally reach out and music's this incredible resource that can meet us where we're at and can validate our feelings. So where we would go as a music therapist, if I was working with someone listening to sad music or what they would call angry music, we would listen to it together. And then the next conversation is going to be around, tell me how you're feeling at the end of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's address, you called it angry music. Why do you think you're going to angry music? What else is going on for you? So that's where a music therapist could take it into the next level. We could also do, let's do something new. Today, we're going to write our own song. And we will take some of those images that you've talked about, the stories you've talked about, the feelings you've discussed, and we're now going to write that, um, you're going to write that into a new song, and I'm going to help facilitate to ensure you feel really successful at the end of it, and that you get to express something that you really wanted to express. That leads me to my point about confidence and experience, because I think people are sometimes intimidated when it comes to Mm. sharing their music preferences. I know people who have, for example, written off entire decades, you know, no, I'm not going to talk to you about 80s music. It's just, it's not happening. Um, So when you actually open up a conversation about the trust between a a Mm. therapist and a client, it's such a big part of therapy to have that trusting relationship. How important is it, is it to establish a non-judgmental environment around the kinds of music someone actually wants to listen to? Oh, absolutely. So as therapists, it's critical. The relationship between us and our client is absolutely critical. Therapy won't work without it. So the pacing of the actual session and how we use our therapeutic use of self is as much a part of the music we're using as well, or the uh, techniques or the design, the framework of the session and where the session is going to be held. All those things are going to matter because the relationship matters. So as therapists, we're always going to look at that. What I encourage people to do between colleague to colleague and friend to friend when you're talking about music is, yeah, make it a judgment-free zone. Um, Someone's going to love Barry Manilow and somebody else is going to like Nickelback. And you're going to have these conversations. And it's a great opportunity to get to know your colleagues and friends and family members in a whole new way by asking the simple question of what music have you been drawn to lately? Tell me about that. Mm -hmm. And you will get to know them at a deeper level. So just to not to put too fine a point on it, but (laughs) is music therapy something that only really works with an individual therapist and an individual uh, client? Or is it something that can actually lend itself to marriage and family situations? Because um, one of the common tips that I've heard about is people not being able to settle on the on the radio station that they're going to listen to on a road trip. So, you know, does are there limits or can can families actually come together and agree on music? I love that. 
So when it comes to seeing if if you're going to see a music therapist, all those things can be discussed. And, you know, just like we can have positive family conversations and a music therapist will lead you through that. To answer your question, is is music therapy always required or are there other pieces of the wellness pie and there's music for wellness and music and medicine? These are all pieces. Music therapy itself in Canada is a profession. So we certify our members to become a music therapist in Canada. We have just over a thousand members right now. They have their degree, master's, PhD in music therapy. They have written a board certified exam. They've done a thousand hours of internship and now they're practicing in the community at a hospital. So those are very highly specialized pieces to our healthcare. But using music for our personal wellness, our self-care, engagement, and entertainment, that's for all of us. And there's ways that we can be doing it. It's the whole reason I wrote, I have written books, Mm -hmm. is because there's all ways that we can be using music with deeper intention in our lives, with our families and our friends, that can help us feel more connected and and music can do a lot of the heavy lifting when we're needing to feel better. So Jennifer, it is so easy to put together a playlist. In fact, you don't even have to put together a playlist. Now, if you're on Spotify or Apple Music, they will create the playlist for you. What goes into a good playlist? The do's and the don'ts. <laughs> oh, but it's so true. You know, I can remember when I was younger and I was sitting behind the dual cassette. We were using cassettes and you had to wait until just the right song came on the radio and you press mm-hmm. the play and record buttons simultaneously. And it took, you know, hours to put together a playlist. And now we stream it and we can just choose. I want to hear calm acoustic music and we can find it. The What I feel is is beneficial and just to be clear, I think that's beneficial. I think being able to go to a streaming program if, if it's accessible to you and, and choosing something is is useful. But what's also useful and maybe a little harder is curating our own playlists. And there's so many different ways that we can do it. What this does compared to just pressing a button is it really does put that layer of intention I was talking about that it it's going to make you dig deeper into yourself so you can work towards a specific goal. Mm-hmm. My, the very first playlist that I talk about in the book, and I, I struggled with where to put this playlist in the book because it is the biggest one and I don't didn't want to deter people from doing it. But then I realized it had to go first because it's our life's soundtrack. And if you even just think about it now, and what I'm hoping is that some of the listeners will actively go and do this after today's show is, is if you break your life down into decades, whether you are 18 years old right now or 68 years old right now, and you get a piece of paper out for each of those decades or you set up a new file on your computer and every time you remember a song or hear a song on the radio or on that streaming service or you and your friend were talking about it, 
mm-hmm. that you go and you add it into the decade where it meant so much. And you write a little bit about it. And you start seeing your life through your auditory lens from your life soundtrack, what you have heard throughout your life, where you've taken breaks from music, where you had a song on repeat because of, you know, the love gone wrong, or, you know, like it could have been any of those, but that is going to show your story through your music. How readily available are music therapists? It sounds great, but if I wanted any kind of therapy, I'm usually on a wait list for several weeks, if not months, and I'm talking about cognitive behavioral therapy. So if you wanted something like music therapy, how many years am I on a wait list? I I am really hoping it's not going to be years and it might just be days, maybe weeks, but at most, Mm -hmm. at most. There aren't too many available, but I do know that we've got a lot of openings and we're graduating new music therapists every year. So if you go to musictherapy.ca, you can find a music therapist. You can link to the provincial associations and we can help you find somebody. And is this something that most provincial health coverage will will cover or is this something that you need private health insurance for or do you need to pay out of pocket? Right. It's a little bit of all of that across the country. Mm-hmm. It's different provincially. And sometimes it's also about working with your certain caseworkers. Sometimes we might land in psychotherapy, sometimes counseling. So it does vary province to province. Yeah, I I just wanted to get the logistical stuff out of the way, because I think by now people are thinking, okay, well, this sounds really great. I can create, you know, folders with my life music on it. But what do I do next? Does music therapy tend to go hand in hand uh, or even work better if you pair it with other approaches? Uh, You know, obviously there's talk, but is there some amount of cognitive behavioral therapy going on as well? Uh, You know, what, what, what other streams of psychology are brought to bear on music therapy? Apart from playing, yeah. yeah, no, exactly. And you're right. Like often people are seeing other therapists, mental health therapists, other healthcare professionals, as well as seeing a music therapist. But that's not the only way music therapists are working. We're also on uh, many rehab units and in palliative care, we're co-treating with another professional. So sometimes we're co-treating with another therapist, a physiotherapist or an occupational therapist or a nurse. And we're working with patients together in that group setting and sometimes even with individuals. So music therapists, we have a variety of different ways that we can work. Is it more beneficial if you're actually uh, creating music and activating maybe different portions of your brain versus just listening to music? Oh, man, that, you know, for sure, there is no other activity we know of that stimulates more areas of the brain simultaneously than when we're listening to music that we are inspired by. And when we're making music, it's even just that much more so. But what I want to say for sure is that all music is beneficial. And that's the most important takeaway. But you are correct. There are so many different areas of the brain that can be stimulated by different ways of making music. Well, just related to that, you can listen to music while being bundled up in your duvet 
and you know staying huddled in bed for the day or you can listen to music while you're at the gym or you know at a dance class how important is it to pair physical activity with music because mm-hmm. you know mind and body go together right so well exactly and then sometimes you can't help but tap a toe when you listen to the right music it is that organic in us mm-hmm. you know we are natural wants to be able to do that I often talk about how certain hormones and neurotransmitters are released while we listen to music, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, cortisol goes down, all those things are happening. But I always like to add in that although I would like to say just listening to music is going to raise your dopamine levels, and it does, moving will raise them more. So the combination is perfect. Music has this, you know, it's been referred to as a as a universal language. Is part of the appeal of music therapy that it could, and I'm speculating here, is part of the appeal that it could also be very cross-cultural in nature, that you could work with a group of people that sort of comes from very different backgrounds and have music be the one thing that brings them all together? At the beginning of the pandemic, one of the moments that affected me deeply was watching Italy going through their heaviest crisis Mm -hmm. and someone went out on their balcony and started to sing a song in Italian and then all of the neighbors down the way started to sing along while they were standing on their balconies. And I was reminded how I didn't understand what they were singing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the song, but that local community bridged together and connected together in such a deep and meaningful way. Yes, music is a universal art form, not necessarily a language for the reason that we all speak different Mm -hmm. languages in all our different backgrounds and experiences. But it is a universal art form that even I, looking on as they were singing, could see the connections that were being established and that I can relate to within my own current context. I love how music bridges us all together. How about you? I mean, I just have about 30 seconds. How much music have you had a chance to listen to during the (laughs) pandemic? I'm sure you're really busy right now. (laughs) So at the beginning of the pandemic, I realized I was not listening to music because I was saving my company and in crisis mode and trying to do all those things. But over the time I went, no, this is the time for me to re-engage with my own music and use it to help me drive and to continue and to boost my spirits. I like to remember somebody, remind people that a song is never just a song and a playlist is never just a playlist. A song is someone's really meaningful moment and a playlist is their journey. And I'm looking forward to adding more music to my journey as we're moving on. Well, just uh, as we as we you know part company here, could you remind us where we might go if we wanted to find a music therapist? And also, we briefly touched on your book today, where we might pick up a copy of your book if we wanted to have a look at some of those playlists and the benefits of putting together a playlist. Wonderful. So, um, musictherapy.ca is where you can find a music therapist. 
And if you want to find Wellness Well Played, it is in all the online, where you shop online. You can also visit wellnesswellplayed.com. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Jennifer Buchanan is the author of Wellness Well Played, The Power of a Playlist, and also the Executive Director for the Canadian Association of Music Therapists. That's all the time we have for today. Nasreen Abdulmajid is our technical producer and the person who picks all the music on this show. And Andy Frank is the manager for AMI-audio. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful rest of your day. 